This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Learn more at slashandcast.net. Welcome to Haunters Podcast, a show dedicated to Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights, haunted attractions, ghostly encounters, and all things macabre. Now here are your hosts, Mr. Wonderful and Zach Hilton. Welcome everybody to the first attempt at this. This is Haunters Podcast, your favorite podcast. I am Mr. Wonderful. Just going to get into it with me as always, Zach Hilton. Hey man, I'm, I'm fresh from a tan face because boy, wearing a mask in the sun's great. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, <laughs> as always, joining the show with us, the lovely, the talented, she wore a mask as well this past week, Brooke. That's me. That's her. Yes. Uh, And yeah, this is the first attempt at recording this, not the second or the third, because (laughs) I'm trying a new microphone. And this episode is going to be so wonky when you listen to it, because I got a new (laughs) mic. So this thing might pick up everything, might have caused issues prior to this, might cause issues moving forward. But later on, we do have an interview to get to, and that's going to sound pretty interesting as well. And then it's going to jump back to this. Gotta love podcasting. Podcasting. We do it for free. Yeah. But we also have a Patreon. (laughs) Yeah. And that's where you can pay for this crap. (laughs) Yeah. It shows there. Uh, But you know what else is really cool? Uh, We do this for free because of fine folks like Shudder. And you can still use that promo code HauntersPod, get 30 days free if you go to Shutter.com right now. Enjoy some uh, Halloween spooky during this. There's 61 days of Halloween's from Pretty bad, pretty Badass. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we're coming up to actual spooky season with 30 days left. So if you want to get it at the beginning of October, you're good to go. Boop, boop. Yeah, yeah. Don't wait. I've, I know this isn't, you know go deep into it but i've watched some crazy shit recently oh i bet and we're gonna watch some crazy ass this friday when we watch mandy for a watch along and you can watch it with us using that promo code for shutter because mandy's playing up there oh that makes it a lot easier Mm -hmm. is it right now mention the spooky seasons uh right around the corner uh you guys actually got to do some spooky we're going to talk about that in a couple minutes non-spoiler of course uh, to start the show, we'll spoiler it. I'll get your spoiler at the end. But uh, Universal announced the season's upon us. There is a spooky season happening. Yeah. So this past weekend was the Halloween experience test. This fall is going to be scary good, as they labeled it. And now, today, they announced hashtag Team Halloween. This fall, you can go to Universal Studios on September 26th through the 27th, which is just a weekend time, and you'll get those houses and that Halloween experience like we got. And then starting October 3rd through the 1st, it's a daily experience at uh, Universal Studios where we went through the list of the things that they are going to have available, like the two houses that were supposed to be at Halloween Horror Nights. You get two of those houses this year with The Bride of Frankenstein Lives and Revenge of the Two fairy but that's not all you can dress up in costume if you want to go you get to do some trick-or-treating at islands of adventure and also they drop things 
during our stay that weren't announced that got uh, announced on the stuff today. So I feel like that was pretty cool. So what I'm talking about is they have this scarecrow stalk where they put scarecrows, different versions up at different stores in Universal. And you take this uh, pamphlet and you get it stamped at each store. And when you're done, they give you a bag of candy corn, which I thought was pretty radical. Um, Another thing... Yeah, 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 it's pretty nice. Um, also, and it's been a while since this has happened, but Beetlejuice meet and greets will return during this uh, Halloween season. So go in the streets, go see them. We saw them at the horror makeup show, so I don't know if that's still a thing. So those are some exciting things uh, going around, just like the horror makeup show. You can go to the Halloween tribute store, the Halloween Horror Nights tribute store and such. But also they added up some fall flavors where you can eat. The tribute store has things like they have the heart jello mold that you've seen. They have delicious cake pops, which we uh, got to try. We had the, um, what was it? The red velvet eye cake. Mm-hmm. And the werewolf. Yeah, the werewolf one and also they have like a snake that's a hot dog i mean all kinds of crazy shit that you can get um (laughs) but they also have um themed food for the haunted houses so this says look for a food truck featuring rotation flavors like franken fried chicken and funnel brains and food trailer with a twisted coil tater and a foot long hot dog with uh the twisted tater on that so that's kind of cool and then you can go to louis for pizza fries and once again that like if you paid attention to our instagram follow us honors podcast i was dropping things while i was there because i didn't know this was happening they had a skeleton bar and if you want to see that footage go to our instagram i did a whole live feed of it and the video is still on our feed and that place is pretty kooky because they had like a candy corn drink uh they had shrimp cocktail which i was a fan of because that reminded me of the beetlejuice shrimp cocktail finger hands thing uh and then they had some uh they had some actual bar drinks. They had this uh, French werewolf drink, which I'm not going to ah, mess that name up again. And there were some other things going on. That mango infusion, which I couldn't have. Yeah, I acted. So there was a drink called the Mango uh, Inferno. Yeah. And we didn't read it. I, I Off air, I'll tell you more about why I picked this drink, because it's the second time I was in the skeleton bar, but I wanted something else. I didn't read it. It had a goddamn jalapeno on it, like a a fresh jalapeno, and it burned my mouth for 15 minutes. No lie. So we're calling it like the curry drink. Yeah. Yeah. This sounds like a delicious drink. Oh, it is. It is. It just burnt the hell out of me. I wasn't prepared. But yeah, so they have the skeleton bar that's happening. Then also in City Walk, you can go to Voodoo Donuts to get the Jack Donut, the pumpkin spice donut, uh, fallen chocolate signature creation at Cold Stones. They got the Berry Licious creation at Cold Stone and salted caramel pumpkin nitro cold brew at starbucks so once again so much more stuff 
But the fun don't stop there. I found this out via Icon Jack uh, because he put it on Twitter. The resort hotels were doing drinks. Once again, look at our Twitter or Instagram feed because I put it up there. They had themed drinks at the Universal property. They had the director, which was vodka, Kahlua, Amaretto, and heavy cream, which was set yummy. Yeah. And then the chance drink, which was rum, uh, Perlo. What is that? Uh-huh. Yeah, I said it right. Orange bitters and orange soda. That one was a little less desired just because of my bartender, because he was reading how to make it while making it. So that was a little that was a little something. But anyways, there, there's just so many offerings for Halloween that they're doing right now during these times. Like without it being H-H-N. without it being HHN, it's crazy now. To do our non-spoiler review of the houses, I'll let yeah. Brooke go first. Okay. Brooke, let's start with the Tooth Fairy. Revenge okay. of the Tooth Fairy. Non-spoiler. How is this house? Um, it was, it was scary. I will say that. Like this house was definitely scary, even though you get to see like um, the 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 boo spots mm-hmm. uh, they're boo boo holes. boo holes yeah because of the plexiglass um but it was very scary but it was also very beautiful like the scenery and the the props and everything like that like they they really stepped it up i mean you could tell you were going through an hhn house without a doubt the way that it looked um i thoroughly enjoyed it uh this year was so odd to me, though, and I will say this because I was so excited to go through the houses. Like, this is the first time that I've been so, so, so excited. And I remember walking out of this house and, like, I didn't talk probably for a good four or five minutes because I feel like I was still, like, trying to understand what I saw in the sense, like, I wasn't like I was excited because I didn't think I was going to get that scared. Right. And I got, I got scared. Like I got, I got scared really, really badly. Um, and it was phenomenal. Um, and I can't, I can't speak highly enough about it. I think that the story was very clear. I think that the actors did and actresses did an amazing, amazing job uh, with the limitations that they were given and really brought their A game. To talk about the limitations real quick, just so everybody, this isn't spoilery just because I'm just going to go through what they did. So the their characters are wearing full-blown masks and I'm sure under those masks, they have the regular yeah. mouth masks that you would wear. And like how Brooks said, at the boo holes, there are plexiglass in the way between you and this scare actor. Um, but what I was impressed with within the houses, they would put plexiglass in areas that they didn't have people to kind of throw you off to be like, oh, they're going to come from here. But nay, they come from a different angle. So it was smart of them to use this disadvantage for their own 
like pleasure of getting you. Um, my non-spoiler review for the house, I enjoyed it. I thought the creatures, the tooth fairies are awesome looking. I think the story of this house is really rad. I love the idea of it because it, you know, it comes from the already known property, scary tales. And it feels like you are in a scary tale. Yeah. So very good job on that. A lot of good scares come from this house. And, um, one of the cool things about it again, non-spoilery is that they do put you in this house pulsing instead of just, Oh, one behind the other one behind the other, like the security guards now at some points have to stop you because you're getting too close to the group ahead of you. So they stop you in the scene, which is really cool because you get to see an entire scene play out. And sometimes at horror nights, you don't get that. So like that house that we went through bitten where I was the leader, it was kind of like that through both the houses. Oh, the, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I really think this house was the scariest of the two. Um, now moving on to bride, uh, bride of Frankenstein lives. Yes. What did you think of this one? Oh my goodness. I, this was beautiful. Like this house was the story in this house was fantastic. And not to say, like I said before, that you follow along with the story in in Tooth Fairy, but this story, like I felt like I was completely transformed and, and immersed in like a like a, a, a complete movie show with with scary uh you know things happening and and I definitely got scared um like Zach said it wasn't as scary as Tooth Fairy not to say that I didn't get scared uh because we all know that I did um but it oh yeah there was screaming to be had in both houses yeah no and I this is this is one and I think that because I went in like I went in with this mind frame being like haha like you can't get in my face ha I'm not gonna get it scared and it was a hundred percent a joke on me because I I guess I just had this like this thought in my head like it wasn't gonna be like I, I just felt like I was gonna go through the house and like see some people but it wasn't really gonna be that scary and I sacrificed Zach quite a few times um I think my favorite is because like Zach was saying like they were pulsing people that was terrifying I couldn't go anywhere like there was literally a part where I wanted to move because I was so scared like I just kept going in circles like literally spinning in circles because I was like I can't get out I need to get out we need to move can we move can we move can we move when can we move and they wouldn't let you go on to the next spot because obviously social distancing. But that in itself made it like terrifying. Like you couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't push the person in front of you to go quicker. Like there was nowhere to cattle. Yes. You were cattle. Yeah. Like you were about to be executed and you were yes. watching the group in front of you get executed first. Exactly. And, but, but here's the thing with that. And because of the way that the house was designed. And it's kind of crazy because it's not like they knew that this is how it was going to be when they designed the house. You couldn't see the group in front of you. Like you couldn't see what was happening. So it's not like things got spoiled for you. Like you had no idea. 
because it was like you went into the next room and in the next spot and then it was all fresh. So like usually you talk about the fact that you have to go in through the house multiple times to catch things, to see and hear things because you miss it and you don't like you get everything. Yeah. Um, I absolutely love this house. Uh, I know it wasn't at full capacity of scare actors that they wanted in there. I know there are limitations done for a house. But for a house that had everything going against it this season, buddy, I I would put this in one of my favorite houses I've ever gone through. Because what's really awesome about it is that it is a sequel to a movie, and it's not even a movie itself, if that makes sense. Um, and when we get to the spoilers, I'll dive into it. But there's very cool, scary moments there are cool characters inside this movie that you get to see that you're like, holy crap, that happened. Cool, 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 cool. Um, and I just was enthralled with the music, the sound, the smell, everything about it. Uh, yes, Tooth Fairy is the scariest house out of the two, but I think this house, uh, Bride of Frankenstein Lives, is my favorite house. And if it didn't have the limits that it did, I would probably say that it was better than Universal Monsters House of last year. But because that. we're sitting at this like weird limbo year, uh, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to compare them. But I will say there was something special about going to this event because the fact that we were told we were getting nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I get so, that. There and was I, something special about it. I think my it. favorite was like standing in line and you're standing there and still not really fully understanding what you're about to see or what, you know, with everything, with all the limitations, what's, what's going to happen or whatnot. And you're standing there and you get that first whiff of like that HHN fog. Like the house smell. smell. That house smell. And it was like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how much I missed and needed this. I'll even put it this way. Um, we got to go through the houses multiple times because it was a virtual queue. So all we had to do yes. was re-signing up for it. So that was nice. Um, one of the times, yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the times Brooke actually led the house. Yeah. Oh, good for she, you, Brooke. She was led this the fifth go through. No, it was yeah. the second tooth fairy one. So, but we'll get into the spoils of the house uh, after our cool yeah. interview that we have coming up. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, we'll take a time out uh, and then get into that because uh, I can't wait to get into the spoiler recap since um, you almost pooped yourself. Yeah. Yes. There's there's moments in Tooth Fairy. I was just like, I got, I honest to God can't handle how many jumps are coming. Yeah, so I want to know what made you almost poop yourself. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> well, we'll find out after that interview. Yeah. Also, by the way, if you yeah. want to listen to us on Amazon now, we're oh, on yeah. Amazon. That's right. You can That's right. On Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is Josh. And I'm Rob. And we are from the Diznoids Podcast. Join us each week as we try to keep our random ramblings in check. That's right. Dive into our cauldron with the sweetness of recipes from theme parks 
to movies, to music, to comics, to any and everything we can talk about. Our jibber-jabber knows no boundaries, but our expertise in these fields will be sure to make your ear holes smile. That's right. Follow us each week with our episodic adventures with a side of sarcasm to lead us through the magical forest of pop culture. You can find us where all podcasts are found, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, and even on Facebook. Just search The Disnoids. That's right, my wonderful, wonderful friends. As always, stay metal. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. We are back with the owners and operators of Red Vein Haunt in Ashland, Virginia. We have Ryan and Kitty on the line. Guys, thank you for uh, coming on the show. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Very excited to chat with you guys. Yes, we are super excited. What To give the little history, um, I learned about you guys last year because my friend Matt Wade came on to the show and... Um, talked about the documentary that he's doing on your hunt and from there i just started doing like so much research about your hunt i was kind of shocked i've never like really gotten around to go up to ashland to the event and i'm in chesapeake so you know i'm not too far away from you guys but from what i can see you guys just are doing it Right. Like you guys have storylined haunts. You even have an escape room right now that's running. Um, but I want to get a little bit of the backstory of how you guys came to be a haunt. How did how did all of this come to fruition? So it's been a 10 year process. Uh, well, maybe even longer than that. But um, 10 years ago, I started um, Red Vane Army uh, or RVA as a traveling haunt troop here in Richmond. And we were um, started out as just volunteering at different haunts in Richmond, doing line entertainment um, and a couple haunts around Virginia. And then we would um, we started getting hired by different haunts throughout Virginia. So we went from like five different haunts to up to, I think, 13 or 15. The fifth year we were touring around and we had two different tour groups. So it blew up in those five years. And then. Um, that's when Kitty joined us, um, joined about three years into it. And, uh, she, cause we had a book club as well. So, um, she started joining the book club and then she just got fully immersed in it. And, um, about year four, I reached out to, um, Hanover vegetable farm, uh, in Ashland because we had started building sets for scares that care, which is a charity organization. It's a, a summer, um, charity organization they have different horror actors and writers and vendors and we did a haunted house for them and we had all these sets so i contacted the farm and i was like hey can we partner and do a a haunted attraction uh, on your property so it was that was about a year and a half process to finally work that out and then five years ago we took all the sets uh, one night right after tearing down at Scares That Care, we took all the sets to the farm, put it in a trailer, and then we started building. We had like two months to build it to get ready for October, and uh, we've been there ever since. They finally, the next year, they, they gave us property in the back of the farm, and we're like, just go to town, build whatever, build whatever you want. And so that's what we've been doing. This is our fifth year now. Wow. Uh, Congratulations wow. on the five years. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, uh, you- and then last year, of course, we um, 
uh, decide to do the escape room in downtown Ashland. And we also do the ghost tours as well. So it's just every year it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Uh, now, the Red Bane Army, you mentioned that. Now, is that a group of you all that still kind of operates all of yeah. this or was that just kind of uh, that was then and then that grew into this? Yeah, it basically that was then it grew into this. I mean, we call like the air crew that that work on the haunt, the Red Bane Army. Um, so it kind of it's been an evolution every year. Um, and that's kind of, that's our origin. But uh you know, we kept the Red Vein brand and that's kind of as we expand, we just want to keep the Red Vein brand um, because that's what that was the name that people knew us by. We still right. Vein Army Productions when we do our year round events. Um, I know you when we met, you came out and experienced phobia at the escape room, but also got to see um, an event at Ashland Theater. You know, when we had our characters, a lot of times when we do off-site events, we use Red Bane Army Productions, and we'll do those year-round in non-COVID years. Right, right. And I was going to get into that where I got to come to the um, the Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy vs. Jason, uh, Friday 13th event that you guys put on. And it was amazing because you guys have such a partnership with Ashland, like, you met up with that local theater and you actually put a cabin inside their theater. You built it there. Like you guys are just, we're, we're going to create things and we'll put it anywhere, whatever we need to do. Like what, how has it been working with Ashlyn and doing all of these, uh, the things, the haunts, the escape room and all that. It's been pretty awesome. Ashlyn's been incredibly welcoming to us. Um, we've actually done a lot more in Richmond City, and our expansion into Ashland is, is relatively new for us. Um, mm -hmm. But it's a quirky little artistic town with a lot of personality, and it's really fun to dive in, you know, because it's got so much charm with these different businesses and working with them. And Ashland Theater is incredible. Yeah. It's, it's a gorgeous theater. Um, and the team behind that's running it is just amazing. Yeah, I, I think it's a perfect fit between y'all. And I hate everything that's gone down so far because when I came down there or up there, like I wanted more. I've never seen like such a symbiotic relationship between place and horror that just works so well. Like you said, it has a lot of personality. Um but to get back on the hunt real quick, when you guys build your sets and you're like, you know, you're planning for your year, the one thing that I really did notice is that you guys have a lot of story into your haunt. How long does it take you to create the story for said haunt? Well, we uh, meet up together in, in January and start planning everything for the year. So usually I'll say, um, I'll call the management team together. It's about 10 of us. And I'll say, this is what I'm thinking the storyline will be. And it's, we build it as kind of, um, almost like a video game or like a, um, a TV show on Netflix where every year it's, um, it's a new season. So it expands on the previous season. So we just kind of think about where the storyline should go. What should we, how did the previous year affect this year? And um, what kind of new monsters and creatures do we want to introduce? 
So we kind of start with that base and then build it out from there. And we take it, uh, we have an overall storyline. And then from there, we take it attraction by attraction and scene by scene and say, do we want to improve on this that we did last year? Do we want to completely gut it and start over? Um, so it's, it's a process. It's like a three month process to come up with everything we want to do for the year as far as the haunt goes. And, and then we start building it. Wow. That's, that's really cool that you guys actually continue to grow a lot of your haunts and don't just kind of repeat it. Uh, like the fact that you'll tell a new chapter of that story. So it's something familiar to the people that come back year in and year out as well but they get new scares. But then for somebody like us who, you know, kind of found you guys a few years in, like now we get to kind of join the chapters as they start to unfold. Yeah. Uh, we feel like that makes us unique from a lot of haunts, not only in the area, but in the country um, where we can yeah, uh, just continue that, that storyline and, and build on it year, year to year. And, um, and we, we just enjoy that process. Um, I mean, we love, dark art and horror and scares, but we also love being able to create stories and characters. Yeah. Um, to go into the year round surface of it, because you guys just have a great, uh, passion for horror, I guess, in a, is the best way I can put it where you've decided that, a year ago, um, you guys were going to have a escape room. And the first one was vampire themed, mm -hmm. if I'm correct. Yep. And how did how did the escape room come about? Because what I love is like, you know, there are haunts out there that are open year round. But like, you know, there's only so much they can do. And you're never going to have like a change of pace. What made the escape room the idea to expand on the red vein? So about five years ago, we wanted to do something different for halfway to Halloween and decided we would do a pop-up escape room, just a three minute game. We built it and assembled it in a local brewery and you know, had a weekend, weekend long party essentially. And people came and played it. And that became our thing every um, end of April, we would build a new game and set it up and have a big party. And, you know, it's, it's our annual spring Halloween event. That's how we kick it off. Um, and then we moved the games into the haunt and it became an exit added attraction. Yeah. Side attraction after you yeah. exit the haunt. Yeah. So if mm. you want to, you know, play something after we scared you. Yeah. It's a three minute game. Yeah. Um, and we just, we really enjoyed it. And we found that a lot of the people that came and saw us enjoyed it as well. And we're like, you know what? We like to do stuff year round anyway. Let's just, let's find a way to, to do this. And Ryan actually brought it up. And um, one thing I, I will say about him, if he suggests an idea, it really means this is happening. So there's <laughs> no like, well, maybe we'll think about it and it gets tabled and it never happens. Once he says, you know what, maybe we should look for property and find a place to open a year-round site, it essentially turned into, in the next three weeks, we found where we were <laughs> going to be opening and it, there, there was no stopping. It just, well, we're doing it. Yeah, Kitty right. and I 
drove around Ashland and we're like, this would be neat. This would be neat. And then we saw the um, for lease sign on the building. And we um, we'd also known a guy who lived in lives in Ashland and he kind of pointed us in the right direction. And then we walked inside and met the uh, the person that was renting the place who was a salon um, and they were, you know, getting ready to move out and they were telling us about the landlord and she was like, you know, well, I'll call her and you can come talk to her. And it was kind of, you know, in a few weeks we had, had signed the lease and we we're ready to go. Yeah. And one of our other partners is um, fantastic at building innovative games. You know, the, the props that we mm-hmm. make, a lot of them are in-house made mm-hmm. and he designs them himself, um, David, and he just does an incredible job. So it, it really gave us an opportunity to use all of our different skills consistently. Mm-hmm. Right. Does the does the vampire haunt our escape room? And I'm sorry, it keeps escaping my uh, mind. But is does it play into your um, the haunt itself, like the red vein haunt? We actually tie in all our folklore together. And wow. The game is called Hunt for the Richmond Vampire, and it's based off Richmond's local lore. But we pull that together and kind of, you know, we have our own research organization, Unexplained Virginia, which Mm. did set up shop at Red Vane Haunted House at one point. But they did an extensive study on the Richmond Vampire as well. So there are ways that we've connected them, even if it's a local legend. And, and pulling in local legends is really important to us. We really like to have that connection with our community and something that's relatable. Yeah, we do. I, I was going to say, I noticed a lot of your attractions dealt with a lot of, uh, you know, the first mental hospitals in Virginia, uh, stuff like that, where you guys really seem to localize it to make it feel like a Virginia haunt. Yeah, we try to take the, you know, the local history, the real folklore and mix it with their own folklore. And then you really don't know what's what's real and what's not. Um, and maybe it's all real. I don't know. And that's how <laughs> hey, Fabe. Hey, Fabe. <laughs> yeah, when customers come out, they're like, oh, wait, is the Ashland witch real? I'm like, yeah, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> the demon uh, thing, that's real too, right? Right. <laughs> all of it's real. You just there's there's no line anymore. It's completely blurred. Yeah, but that's really how folklore starts anyway. You know, you have a little bit of truth mixed in with kind of fantasy and it becomes a reality. So that's kind of what we're that's kind of what we do. Right. That's awesome. Is is there any type of folklore story that you guys uh, are really chomping at the bits to turn into a house or turn into maybe uh, an escape room? Um, well, uh, yeah, there's Richmond has tons of history and surrounding counties and areas have tons of history. So, um, there are pirate tales, uh, in Petersburg that, um, I think we can bring in probably at some point. Um, you know, we have to figure out how it fits into the overall story because one thing we do at the haunt, um, you know, we have an overall theme. So there's, we have different attractions, but they all connect together through this big world it's kind of like like stephen king he writes all his novels in one universe that's kind of how we approach it um so we could bring in pirates i would love to do that one day and there's a lake right on the farm so being able to build a pirate ship and have an attraction would be would be amazing 
And as I mentioned, Ryan doesn't suggest something and it doesn't happen. So, so pretty much, he just confirmed a future haunt. He will have a pirate ship at some point in the future. Yeah, I'm, th- I'm saying year 10, uh, this is year 5, so I'm saying year 10, that's, you know, we'll have the pirate ship. That'll be awesome. Um, and for the escape room, yes, you uh, have the Richmond Vampire. You have Phobia, which is only a one to two player one where it's pitch black. You feel around. That's the one I did. Very terrifying. But you also opened up a new uh, escape room, the Escape from 20,000 Leagues. That, like, sounds so interesting because I'm a big fan of... 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, so I'm guessing it's got a lot to play with that book or movie, however you've seen it. It's definitely inspired by it. Um, however, mm-hmm. time you're leaving from the Ashland docks, because mm. you have to tie it together. Um, but I I don't want to spoil anything. You're going to love it. It's amazing. <laughs> it's an uh. amazing. But but everything that we do has a little red vein touch. So we we designed both Hunt for the Richmond Vampire and Escape for from Twenty Thousand Leagues to be a bit more family friendly. So you mm-hmm. can have you know ten and up play it as well. It, it still keeps our gothic decor. However, it's got a few moments in there that you're going to say that is one hundred percent red vein. Yeah. Um, I definitely love the space that Red Bane escapes in. Uh, like we've said, I've been there. If you want to go to our YouTube Hunters podcast, we did a little look around inside it. And you're right. It's very gothic. Hell, you got uh, one like meeting room that actually has like bones. Like it is haunting how it's in there. But you guys were having the film group. You talked about the book club, but you also have a film uh, club that was talking uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th and that was so much fun Does is that going to come back or continue in a way after everything's said and done? We really want it to It to us it's a great way to keep the community um, coming together because the, the real thing is that the one thing we have in common is that we all love horror and mm no matter what it's, you know, a binding element and we want to build on that. So, um, hopefully we're going to be able to restart everything. I know that people need that kind of outlet. You know, you want to talk about the movies that you saw and find someone else that has a similar opinion or someone that you can argue with. You just need that conversation about it. You want to share it. Yes. We use that as a way to to meet people that not not necessarily are into haunted houses. So we use that to. Whoop, there's my dog barking. <laughs> uh, Beasley agrees. So we use that basically uh, connect with people that not necessarily into haunts. And like I said, that's how we met Kitty because she didn't have a haunted house background, but she came to us because she loves. Uh, novel she loves horror and she loves to discuss it so we right. were able to pull her in and now she is she is a haunter through and through and she helps design things and she's uh became a partner and she's all in so we can we're able to meet different people and connect with different people and we can create a whole um group that uh, has different backgrounds and interests but we all come together for one for one thing to get into the background of you both to 
kind of talk a little bit more, Ryan, what was it like, what got you into horror? What got you into wanting to do the haunts? I've always loved Halloween, uh, always decorated for Halloween, always dressed up. I would dress up. I would watch a movie, Indiana Jones, uh, the A-Team, Beetlejuice, and I would, um, yeah, I would. I had the chains and everything. I was Mr. T. <laughs> I would become that character for a week or a month. Um, that was my life as a, as a kid, is dressing up in costume and being a character, and um, I don't know what my parents thought they were very supportive and they're still supportive. So I love them for it. Um, they dealt with a lot and, uh, and, and I always loved haunts and, um, in college I started researching the business behind it and I knew I wanted to, to own one one day to have my own, to, I just needed experience. So when I first moved to Richmond, I worked at another haunt, gained the experience necessary. And then when, that haunt lost their location. It was the opportunity to um, have all the friends and people I work with at that haunt to to create Red Vein Army and to travel around and to learn even more. And it just, like I said, it snowballed from there, and it every year just got bigger and bigger. Wow. The same kind of question for you, Kitty. Like uh, you know, Ryan said that you went into haunts and stuff like that. What got you into horror, and how has it been? like trans you know forming into a haunt personality yourself i am um, i've always been really into ghost stories and i had a grandma that would dress up like a witch and and tell them for the neighborhood um and it, it's been like scary stories to tell in the dark i was reading the scary books but not really watching the movies and i had never been to a real haunted house before meeting Red Bane. So I didn't have any haunt experience. My, my only experience was one of those little carnival um, mm -hmm. ones with the little spinny thing at the end and the fake little windows of skeletons. And they weren't really scary, but I insisted that I needed to go inside with my older sister and then she had to take me out because I started screaming about a minute in. And for whatever reason, I'm still very fascinated by it. But I just really like making things happen. So, and I love creating stuff. And this is a constant outlet and it just makes me happy. That's, that's all. I will say one of my very first memories as a child is being scared at a haunt. I was at the Outer Banks with my parents. I was probably like five years old. And we went to a haunted pirate ship. And <laughs> the Q-Line actor scared the crap out of me, and I started crying. And I refused to go into the haunt. My dad took my older sister in. That was one of the first vivid memories of my life. And, it, and I guess it, that just stuck with me forever. And I've, um, I don't know. I've always loved it. I, I would make haunted houses in my parents' basement and have like bicycle crash scenes and, um, and all that. And I just, um, I was just so excited that it was actually a, um, a community of haunters around the country and the world and people could work at them and own them and people would pay money to go, go to them. So it was, um, it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. It's a dream come true. 
Uh, sure. Sure. Uh, Kitty, I'm curious really quickly because you mentioned how you uh, you actually did a lot of reading of the scary stuff. Do you think that reading, uh, as opposed to growing up watching horror movies, like reading these scary stories, has helped you in being able to develop and kind of help create these haunted attractions a little bit better, as opposed to having visuals and kind of ripping those off? Absolutely. I feel like it's my own imagination. Even, you know, you when you read something, you have such a vivid picture of how it should and then when you see a movie and they don't do it exactly like you pictured, you get upset. Or at least mm. you should get upset, like me. Um, but <laughs> but I, I feel like it's allowed me to have a little creative control over what happens just because it's always been how I visualize it. Yeah, that's 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 what I was thinking, because like anytime I've read a book and then seen the movie, like I I. I'm not trying to start a fight on The Shining right now, but having read the book, seeing the movie, the woman in the bathtub does not scare me. Mm -hmm. All all the the liberties they take with expanding the story and Mm -hmm. annoys me to where I'm like, oh, that movie's beautiful, but not scary. And I know people are now going to attack me for being on this podcast about haunted stuff. Just say you like Dr. Sleep. Just say you like Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep was good. Dr. Sleep was good. So, yeah, that's why I was curious because I I do. I feel like your imagination is always – but seeing it somehow always kind of takes that luster away in the creation of it, if that makes sense. Oh, 100%. And the hedge animals in the book. Exactly. Me forever. And I can't look at certain bushes without assuming that they're going to move. And to me, that's terrifying. So I, I'm 100% with you. Hey, I, I've been scared of dead hornet's nest for years. They say that there are none in there. And I'm like, I know what happened. <laughs> I'm glad this just became the brag wonderful show. I've read The Shining. <laughs> Listen, it's a book club, all right? They have a book club. Yes, just this, trying to get in. <laughs> this was your initiation. I loved it. Yeah, I read one book. <laughs> that's kidding. That's, that's I'm glad we can still talk about it after the meeting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to get into this year, 2020, as everybody knows, and on this show, we've talked about it a bunch, uh, you know, COVID has really wrecked a lot of plans, but... What I've been happy to see on your Instagram and on your posts on Twitter, you guys are moving forward with your Red Vein Haunt this year. What kind of, you know, differences are you going to have to put in play here for the haunt to run? Like with, um, you know, uh, six feet distanced uh, masks and all that. Like what kind of things do you guys plan on doing? A lot. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of change. The the biggest change is actually going to be the intent. Well, I won't say the intensity from the actors because the actors will still be very intense, mm. but the close proximity because we have always been known for pushing the limit. And uh, if you come to Red Vane Haunted House, you should expect to leave with a blood marking on you. Um, wow. So. We will never say that we are 100% no touch. You will probably get grazed. Uh, And then we do an extreme night, lambs to slaughter, when we actually pull you away and you'll be covered in many things. Um, And (laughs) it's active. 
So this year we won't be able to do that. And we've had to redesign a lot of the scenes and the scares to accommodate that. So we're able to keep our actors further away and also remove the temptation to be within the six feet of space. Um, um, Of course, yeah, we're going to have extended queues. So the customers have that space. Um, we're making all of the groups that go in hundred percent private. So it's only your party. We're, um, creating a greater time between each group. Yeah. Capacity is also going to be uh, much lower. So, right. uh, capacity is going to be about a, a third of what it usually is. Um, or half of what it usually is. It's going to be closer to a third yeah. just because we mm. all tractors that take you from the front of the um, farm grounds to the back where the haunted house is actually located. And in order to make sure that people get there in a timely manner, and those are at half capacity, we have to drastically reduce numbers. So that that is good for um, those of you that hate waiting in line for a long time. It's a more intimate show. You're not going to bunch up on the groups in front of you. So you do get that, uh, I guess, a more unique experience that way. Um, if you're used to coming on to a haunt like the Saturday before Halloween, our busiest night, you know, there's almost 2,000 people there or something, you know, and mm-hmm. you bunch people, you're not going to have that experience this year. It's going to be um, a lot more intimate and, um, and potentially better in that sense because um, you can have that more um, unique show than uh, what you usually would have in October at a haunt. Um, but the, having the escape room uh, deal with a lot of the COVID restrictions and precautions, um, we've been dealing with that for the past few months. So that has kind of trained us and prepared us for the haunt. So we feel uh, very much ready to tackle that. And we've had actor training. Everyone's wearing masks, um, sanitizing, and um, every, all the actors seem um, to be adjusting well. All our managers are adjusting well. So um, we're we are 100% confident we can pull off a really good show and still be safe. So if we couldn't do that, we wouldn't open. But right. uh, well, we've been preparing for months, so we're ready. Right. Is it, it? I mean, of course, it's challenging, and it doesn't, you know, it's not exactly what your previous haunts have been, but is the challenge kind of exciting in a way of being like, okay, if we can make people love this, so deeply coming through this kind of haunt like for me like this is going to be my first version of it and when i leave and i'm like oh my god i need to be back there next year because it's going to be even crazier is it kind of cool dealing with that kind of challenge i think that is a wonderful outlook and I appreciate you putting it in that <laughs> perspective <laughs> <laughs> touche <laughs> it's it's um it's an added stress there is this worry that at any moment something could happen and you don't want to put any customer in harm's way you don't want to put any of your cast or crew in you know in danger so it's a lot of it feels like there's a lot on our shoulders right now just to keep everyone safe but you are correct. If you can um, be blown away by this show, you, I mean, next season, hopefully yeah. next season. 
it's going right. to be. And I, and I do think that repeat customers are still really going to enjoy it. Cause I know that the upgrades that we've made are yeah. incredible. I mean, and we've, we've still worked our tails off this summer and for months to get ready. Um, so we have so many new things, uh, new scares, new props, and we're opening a new attraction in the woods. So we're expanding in the woods this year, which it worked out great because people are spending more time outside for COVID. Um, that just we were going to open the woods attraction anyway. It happened to work out. But I was um, going to say that that yeah. seems like a really perfect kind of. That's an outdoor one. That, that's one where the CDC doesn't even have to come at you with any restrictions type deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we we're going to do that anyway. And, um, and we're have a, our sideshow in the woods attraction this year. So we're introducing our first clown. Um, there, there's so many different things and we're excited to, to open and to show everyone. And it, it's going to be a blast. I mean, regardless of the restrictions, uh, it's, it's going to be an amazing time. And well, look, since, mm -hmm. um, last season's theme was the witch's plague we're able to incorporate wearing a mask into this year's attraction. So it's still apparently we're responsible. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, can you guys make this year the witch's cure? <laughs> that, <laughs> you that know. Too scary, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. So, I'm, so I'm, I'm going it, with the Disney version of your <laughs> So there's multiple aspects that go on throughout this haunt. Like it's not just like go through the house, go home. It, there's different things yeah. you can do. Yeah. You start out. Well, so it's, um, you start out at the asylum. That's uh, your intro to the haunt and that sets up the story. So this year the theme is, is relics. Um, and there is a group of treasure hunters that have taken over the asylum and they have collected all these items over the years. And the one item that is their um, big ticket item, it's their crown jewel, is a piece of the relic. So there's four relics, and it's a big triangle that was broken in four pieces. And they have one of these pieces, and they want to show that off. Um, so when you get waiting in line to the asylum, the treasure hunters are telling you about the relic, telling you about the history of the area, and setting up the story, and then you go into the asylum, something happens, and then you escape out of the asylum, and then you get in line for the corn maze, and then you learn more about the relics, and then you go through the corn, wow. you get in line for the woods, and you learn more about the relics, and then you get in line for the house, and you learn a little bit more about the relics, and then you have to make your way to the basement where something major happens, and maybe you make it, maybe you don't. Wow. So oh, it's a pretty big event. What's that? Well, it just sounds very immersive and very like big. Yeah, and like I've big. never ne never been around something like that. Yeah, it's a big attraction. When I'm walking around in October, I'm like, why do we make this so large? It's <laughs> it hurts. You go to work on something and you realize you forgot a hammer and you have to walk all the way back. You're like, ah, oh, so big. Why? What? <laughs> like yeah. a tiny square footage, so yeah. we have less room to. But it's it's basically a big circle that you take, and then you make you once you exit out of the house, then you're back at the beginning, and then you you know you can go home from there. But it's 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 awesome. I, I love walking around and just looking at the 
at the lights and all the things going on and the sounds and it's just it's a fully Halloween immersive amazing experience um, and it's something I would love going to as a fan of haunts um, so that I mean it's an attraction made by haunters with a lot of love and passion and and I, I think it shows in the in the product very cool absolutely so um i, I want to jump back really quickly because i'm curious about this you said that uh everybody going through it's going to be the groups so does that mean if you are somebody like me you have no friends you go out on a friday night swing by your haunts i'm going through the houses alone yeah i guess so i hope you find it <laughs> <laughs> it's really gonna slow us down a little bit so we <laughs> Like you at least make some friends before you arrive. Yeah, you got, you got two weeks to make a friend. Oh, my God, that's great. All right, so if you're single and lonely like me, don't go. <laughs> <laughs> because no. they are going to take it out yeah. on you. Yeah. <laughs> you slowed it down. They're going to make sure you poop yourself. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, guys, thank you for joining us. Um, for more information, go to redhaunt.com for tickets and everything Red like that. Red Vein Hunt. I'm sorry. Redveinhunt.com. Then you also have the redveinescape.com if you want to book the yep. rooms for that. Um, uh, do you want to plug any of your social medias to make sure everybody can uh, keep up to date with what's going on with the hunt before they come out? Yeah, so all social media for the haunt is at Red Vein Haunt. All social media for the escape room is at Red Vein Escape. So we make it fairly easy. And then, yeah. if, and then for the ghost tour, if you want a walking ghost tour around downtown Ashland, it's at Haunted Ashland. Awesome. Guys, thank you once again. And if you want to go to Red Vein Haunted House, they're running September 25th, 26th, and then every weekend in October. Guys, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Oh, no, I'm 100% excited. I even put your thing on our event poster to let people know that's when we're going. So October um, October 10th, we are going to be there. So we're pretty excited. We can't yeah. wait. Bring another pair of pants. <laughs> I will. Trust me, I will. <laughs> All right, Ryan, Kitty, you guys have a good night. Thanks, you too. You too. Bye, guys. Later. Haunters Podcast. Welcome back, Haunters Podcast. Getting ready to wrap things up. But before we do that, of course, we have to get into the spoiler recap now of these houses, of this, I don't want to call it a watered down Halloween Horror Nights, but of Universal Studios and the Horror Nights team deciding, hey, we're going to give the haunt community something this year because well hey they're nice like that and they're gonna hook us up uh and you guys got to go in what essentially was the opening weekend the, the test run of this uh before the big announcement so now i want to know all the deets i want to know why zach you almost crapped your pants in tooth fairy well okay we'll start with tooth fairy what's really fun about that is and we kind of tiptoed on it so if you're listening to this we're going yes. Yes. deep spoilers, into this spoilers, spoilers. spoilers. So when you walk into the stage, um, you, you're surrounded by curtains, but when you look above, there's like these mats that are basically telling you a little story, like basically 
what happens when a child says no to the tooth fairy. And it's like a book. Yeah. Like well, it's like pages of a book. Yeah, it looks like, like pages. covers like going in and that front scene. Well, when you turn the corner, you see the facade of the house and the facade is fucking breathtaking because it is a, it's an homage. It looks like a pop-up book. Yes. Like the book is folded and like everything's popped up so much. So you remember the pop-up books where you like pulled you, the tab, you pulled the tab yeah. and something yeah. would happen. That's what this looked like. It showed like a kid on a bed sliding because you're pulling the tab away from the window and a tooth fairy basically is sliding down the window. And the story of it is again, <laughs> the, this kid doesn't want to give up his tooth and he doesn't want to, you know, succumb to the, Tooth fairies. So the tooth fairies are coming to this house to collect payment. And throughout the house, you're getting narration like someone's reading a book. Yeah. Like you'll enter each room and it'll be like, well, and it's not word for word, but like, and little Tommy didn't want to give his tooth away and the butler had to pay, you know, something like that. And then you would see the scene of whatever is being told. Yeah. Of that, of the butler losing his teeth and being like killed by the, the tooth fairy. And he's being hung up on like dental floss, yeah. like dental oh. floss is hanging him, and you see missing teeth and teeth next to him. And he's like, oh, 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 oh. this Stuff is a like very that. gory house. It's, it's a very twisted house. Uh, the first room you come into, like there's this tooth fairy. I mean, you automatically meet the tooth fairies first. They're like bald with like weird looking eyes, teeth. I mean, They're really creepy. creepy little small creatures. Like, yeah, it's definitely it like messed a little up. devil almost. Yeah, too. yeah, they do look a little devilly. Yeah, and you See, go. I, I I had the image that they would have been like sweet and progressively gotten more and more evil. No, no it's it straight is up. Straight up, like. Mm. And I don't know if that. Well, okay, so there's a point in the story where the kid is actually becoming a fairy himself. Yeah. Oh. So like he's turned into True Blood. Okay, so he starts, like what you're saying, he's progressing through because throughout the house, he's jumping out at you as well, and his mouth is all deformed and stuff until he's finally become a fairy himself. But there's so many rooms in this house that are just so grotesque. Like, one that pops out of my mind is the kitchen. Kitchen, And the kitchen, like, there's just this body bent, bent over and obviously the cook. And the smell that the room is giving is, like, burnt. And it's just... They again, once again, it's that HHN house where you know you're getting you're getting it from all ends, from sense to sight to almost damn touch. And all the creatures jumping out of me, and this is what I want to give them props about, is the like the yes, they only have so many. So it meant like there were so many scare actors having to jump from one boo hole to the other. Yeah. And they're getting you on multiple angles and you wouldn't see it. The reason why it was terrifying for me is because I did feel like they jumped at me more than I thought I was going to get. Like Brooke said earlier, where she was like, oh, it's going to be contained. It's going to be watered down. Watered down. But it really wasn't when you're walking through it. Um, And I will say, I think that the plexiglass helped in the sense of like, because they were like, jump out and slam on it. So it wasn't just 
Like you got like, they got the as close as possible of it too, which it, I think makes you jump automatically. And the Tooth Fairy did a good job of like making plexiglass from a curtain, mm-hmm. where they could reach through the curtain, and you again, once again, you're expecting. Um, so much barricade, but they use it to their advantage. And that was another scene that got me really good. That just made me do my, one of my like the moments. Sheet, the sheet one got me. Sheet's pretty damn good where there's a sheet of a shadow of the two fairy going around. Like that's good. But Ooh. I think it's to cook again, but the kid is on top or it's the kid, but there's a two fairy on a person and it's like climbed up on them. Like I know, like basically they just put a fake two fairy on a body, but the way it's done just yeah. looks so grotesque. Um, and no one survives in this house, but right. it is very, and again, you're going through a storybook. So all the palette colors are very gray and like bland white. And yeah. Tan. And like throughout the walls, when you're looking through this Victorian house, you can see words written like a sentence of like what the narrator is saying to you you, yeah so it's like you're living in a book it's very beautiful and deadly um and what i will say is like going through you could definitely see like the 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 hhn light if you will part of it because normally like when you go through you have the monsters but then you also have like the victims screaming at you and like reaching for you Mm -hmm. Um, and you could tell like at that point like where they had put mannequins or like you could kind of see spots where it's like I think something was supposed to be there right um but it wasn't in a sense of like necessarily bad or like oh this took me out of the house because it right. didn't right. Um, but all you did see were the monsters like and, it was yeah full of monsters i was going to say monsters. a friend of a show a friend of the show said that when they looked at it they felt like it was all scare actors as monsters none of the victims yeah. and that made sense it was like only the scare actors would be that because the victims would have to be close to you ask for help. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So those, if anybody's missing, those are the ones that are missing. But I'm glad, like, if that's what's going to be missing, like, that's not the the creatures. The monsters are the scary. Um, Then Bride of Frankenstein Lives, the way this one starts up, you're going in and it's playing that old classical monster movie music. And... You're coming up to a wall, like a brick wall, like castle style, and there's three bricks missing. And when you look in the bricks, it's showing Frankenstein's castle blowing up, like old school footage style. And I'm like, oh, shit. And when you come around the corner, good God, the facade is the fucking castle in shambles. And the bride of Frankenstein's monster yelling, no, I want him back. No. And she's like lifting the, this pillar, a pillar off of Frankenstein's monster, trying to save him. And then she'll drop it. And like smoke would like go everywhere. I mean, it was fucking awesome seeing that facade. Like it was everything. Oh yeah. And you can hear the fire burning. You can see like the pillars burning. You get that little faint smell, like really good job. So from there on out, you're going through the bride wanting to bring them back. So she 
enlists a scientist to help her figure out how to bring him back. And you're going through all these like dungeons and stuff because she's kidnapped, uh, presumably, uh, the brides of Dracula and she's killing them and slaughtering them, taking their blood because she finds out that the blood gives life. And, like, you'll see, like, I thought this was pretty creepy. One of the brides were, like, tangled into a chair, Uh and their wrists were um, being sliced open for the blood to release. Yeah. And then um, you'll come up to another one, and this is a plexiglass thing, where, like, the the mad scientist uh, was fighting brides, like stabbing them in the chest and stuff like that. It was really disgusting. And ultimately you get up to like, you can see Frankenstein is coming back. Like she's experimented on other creatures trying to figure them out. And those are where like some of the like cameos are like, you'll see uh, a cage with the creature from the black lagoon Mm -hmm. trapped in there. Um, I thought I saw at one point the invisible man trapped as well. How do you see the invisible man? Because he's wrapped up in rap. Stuff like that. I I know, I know, but, and I could be wrong. It could be Frankenstein's monster just in post-surgery mode. I I couldn't tell. Can I tell my favorite scare in that house? Yeah, go ahead. Favorite scare. Okay, so there's, um, this was so deceptive. Let me just tell you, there were like these small coffins that were maybe like four feet tall. Like they were, they were tiny. This is, this is going back to that deceptive way HHM worked. Yeah. So there was like a a few of them and they had plexiglass on the front and you can see things in them and you're just walking down this hallway and um, you're just going past them and past them and you can see like, like uh, skeletons and stuff in it. And then you get to the last one and uh, a scare actor like slams against the plexiglass and I literally like fell, ag- fell on the ground. Like I right. fell because right. I wasn't anticipating, uh, first of all, like a tiny scare actor in there or whatever. Yeah. I had like, I don't know how they did it. Yeah. I wasn't, I didn't even want to look at them. Like they scared me so bad. I feel like after they scared me, they must have been like rolling laughing, like the way my body reacted. Yeah. Um, but I like even to the point where the second time going through, I was like, my eyes were like on it. Like I'm like, it's happening. Right. And then it was like the other side. Yeah. And I I just it oh my God. Oh my gosh. It was um, amazing. And the brides, the way they did their their masks, so they basically got vamp faces, and it was put on to the bottom of their face. It was a really neat way they did it. Um, and and again, you're going through the laboratory, you're going through dungeons and stuff. Like there's brides' heads hanging oh, yeah, up top, cool. like stuck through like um, staffs and stuff. Like really dark shit. Uh, and then when you get to the end. Frankenstein's monsters back, but they do a good job with the last scare because from the right is the bride of Frankenstein scaring you and you get that. And then immediately Frankenstein's monsters on the left, scaring you on the other side. So the reason why I love this house the most out of the two, it's just because it was wild 
that I was walking through a sequel to a movie that's not even a movie. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's yeah, its their, own their vision of the sequel. Right. Well, it was so theatrical yeah. as well. Like it was like you could it's like you were walking in a movie, like a, yeah. a, a almost like a, a Broadway yep. scary ass show. But it was like just being able to stop and see all the scenes happen and everything like there was a true story being told. Yeah. And there was one in Tooth Fairy as well. But oh, very much so. This was just aesthetically beautiful and just it was amazing. Yeah. Loved it. They're just... I think I like Tooth Fairy a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's it's this is one that I can honestly say like going back and forth, like I feel like I would change my mind out of whatever house I just came in. Like I'd be like, nope, nope, that's my favorite. Well, that's why I never went on Twitter and said which one was my fave, which one was what. I, I gave both love for each thing. Yeah. And I can sit here. Tooth, Tooth Fairy was scarier. It scared the hell out of me. But as as time went on and I thought about, okay, let's talk about like, scares yes let's talk about the look the feel the smell the music like the music was so badass because at first you're getting that old school monster music and once you get in uh into mode where she's trying to revamp uh frankenstein monster you get like that slash rock and roll then they're playing it like how they've been playing the universal monsters where they're just angrier and scarier and stuff like that like it was Awesome. As a, my last question for you, Brooke, um, as a Halloween experience as going, okay, we're not getting HHN, but they're giving me Halloween. And right now universal that this weekend coming up, they're doing it. And then starting October 3rd through the first, it's a Halloween daily experience. Would, if someone came to you, Hey, I'm thinking about going for a couple of days. Should I, would you encourage them to go? Absolutely. Freaking lutely. Like, it was funny because we kind of talked about, like, oh, it's going to be like a little taste of Halloween. It was much more than a freaking taste. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I had a slice or two Mm -hmm. or three of an entire cake. Like, yes, no, I did not get scare zones. Uh, The lines were brutal in the sense that they were outside in the heat. Um, But the fact that they were virtual lines, I mean, you weren't in them long. Nothing was longer than 30 minutes. Yeah. And that was just the one. And that was one time. Like 10. 10 to, 10 to walk up. Yes. Um, so that aspect was amazing. The fact that you got the tribute store, the fact that there was like walk around the park and find these scarecrows, the skeleton bar. Oh my Lanta. That was beautiful. Yeah. We're not even giving that justice. All you have to do is go to our Instagram and I did a whole video. You can walk through the entire thing. I, I'm just utterly, utterly, utterly shocked at how much I got for them not having HHN. Yeah. The, the only thing that is like the lesser is because it's not at night. Yeah. And that's the only thing. Now the park is going to be open, at least on the weekends, um, till eight. So you will get to that nighttime vibe. You get about, dusk. Yeah. If we, if we lived in Florida, I would love to go back and try yeah. to do the houses later. But I yeah. never caught like a late time. Like even when yeah. the the times popped up for virtual line, I never saw anything past like six. I want to say yeah. it was a little weird, but 
Um, and I will say, I'm going to give you a little tidbit. If you're, if you're going, I probably should have said this earlier before the spoiler review. I think the reason that we did so well is because like when you go to the universal app, to the virtual lines, the houses weren't popping up. So I searched for the houses and found them and then was able to get to the virtual line quicker that way than before they popped up for everybody else. Right. So what she's trying to explain is when you hit the virtual queue thing, it'll give you rides. It won't point out the houses that are up there. Then eventually the houses will show up there, but they won't give you a button to press to do it. Like it took a process for them to get that going. Yeah. Um, But do like she says, search for it, then you can do it. Yeah. So yeah, that was the Halloween experience. Yeah, I wish I was there as well. Uh, I do have a question, though, because you said there was no real long lines. Yeah. So where the F is my E.T. video? Well, yes, the houses weren't long because Mm -hmm. you have the virtual queue. E.T., I don't know if you know this, it's old as hell, so they don't have virtual lines. You Mm -hmm. have to go through and wait. It it was a whole thing. I mean, I wanted to give it to you. Plus, we waited to the end to do it. That was our fault. This is what I will say, though. Um, It was packed. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Saturday? Capacity. Oh, my gosh. It was capacity. And by the way, when I say packed, I don't mean packed as in like HHN packed. I'm talking like I haven't been jaded like some of the people that are going to the park and being like, it's overpacked. It's overcapacity. It wasn't. Okay. I've been to it as packed. I could walk around and breathe just fine. Universal did everything in their power to make sure people were wearing masks, that they were six foot apart. Fuck, you could listen to some of the videos and they're telling me multiple times, back up, back up, back up. You know what I mean? Like Um, they were on their ball. And the amount of hand sanitizer. Oh, every ride. You had to put it on before the ride, put it on after the ride, And I'll even say this. um, We saw somebody like they put it in their hand and then they like tried to like shake it off. And the uh, team member gave them more and said, no, you need to use both hands. I need to watch you. I need to watch you wipe your hands. Like they were making sure they were using it. Like it, it, it was, I was thoroughly, happy with everything that went on like you we talked about going to disney springs but we did we were like you know what let's just stay in our bubble we'll stay at our hotel we'll go to city walk we'll go to the parks and that's all we did and wonderful let me tell you oh my god let me tell you about this hotel oh oh yeah Uh, Look, I haven't, uh, I've been very, I, I think I've been a great friend about not gushing about how great everything was. But let me tell you, for our listeners, if you're going to stay somewhere, if it's, if you're like, oh, I have to stay at the Hard Rock or if I have to stay at Cabana Bay, let me tell you, Endless Summer Resort, Surfside, Surfside oh. was the most beautiful, awesome hotel. It's Cabana Bay, Cabana Bay Light. And it was freaking great. The swimming pool has speakers under the water. So when you go under the water, you hear the music clearly. This is how good good it is. How good it is. I did not mind getting my hair wet. Yeah. I went in the pool to go underneath to listen because it was that awesome. And what's 
what's really weird is like I was talking about how it was weird going to HHN at, during the day, yeah. like doing the houses and stuff. The flip yeah. side of that, that gave us so much time to go back to the hotel at night to be in the pool. That the pool was woo, until 10 o'clock. The pool was up until 10. Uh, woo! And the lifeguards uh, were so chill. Like, like the way that it's set up, like there's literally a like a seat all the way around the edge of the pool so you could sit there and just chill. Relax. Bring your drink oh, to the pool amazing. and chill. And guess what, wonderful? No dookie in the pool. Yep. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. <laughs> it seems like it was such a perfect uh, getaway. It, it really it, for, it was amazing. For and I will, I will say this. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. To go back to the hand sanitizer, um, it to me, and I said this to Zach, it was like equivalent, like if you were to go into the grocery store and every other like lane, aisle. like every other aisle, they made you put hand sanitizer on at the beginning and essentially you were, End it was available at the end and people were using it and like yeah. people were making sure, like as you're at the beginning of the aisle, you need to wear your mask correctly. Going down the aisle, you need to wear your mask correctly. At the end of the aisle, you need to make sure your mask is on. Like it was so... I have never felt so safe in my life with everything going on. And, they don't, and, they don't want to contact trace back to them and be exactly, them. exactly. Exactly. So good on universal. If you want to know anything else about our trip, like the information like that, so you can feel safe. If you want to go, just hit us up on Twitter yeah. at hunters pod, Facebook, hunters podcast, Instagram, Instagram on our pod. But any of those, I will tell you exactly how everything went down um, because there's too much info that I could give that it'd be the whole damn episode. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe another episode down the road because we're oh. getting obviously closer to that 100, which is going to be a huge event. Huge show. And you know what? I'm glad you said that because I can announce this. This is yes. our announcement for this week. Virginia beer company is a official sponsor for the show. So on the ninth, we will be there presented by Virginia beer company. And then that Sunday, Sunday, and the, the details will drop tomorrow. So that'll be cool. But Bush gardens is doing a October event and we will be at that October event on October 11th. But before that, because that's going to start at five, we will be at Virginia beer company and we will have a quote unquote, pre-grave party we're going to have a pre-grave party where we're no, just going to hang game. thank you so we will be there from 1 30 to 3 30 and then we will head over to bush gardens to get our spooky on so uh, right. yay thank well, you I'm... for virginia beer company for coming on yeah. as a sponsor yeah uh Great They're interview. So yeah, they, they really are so good to us. Um, congratulations, Robbie, on your wedding. Yep. I hope you yep. enjoy your honeymoon. Um, we will also be having an interview with Julie Zimmerman yep. on that show. And special guests, other special guests could show up. You never know. So that's our spooktacular two coming up. I'm happy uh, you told me about the Sunday thing because now I can just try and do a Friday and Monday off from work. That's what I thought I told you to do. I had. Did you tell me that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I told you. It's fine. Now you need to do that. I'll do that. It's okay. Since I lost a day of vacation anyway, <laughs> I have to take another day. That's on them. That's on them. 
All right. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, yeah. I look forward to this Friday as well, to everybody listening to this. Uh, and if you are, you know what? I don't know if this episode is going to drop in time, but go back. Uh, check out Zach. He's on Haunt Scene. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm on Haunt Scene. Uh, this will air. Yeah. Yeah. If you, by the time you listen to this, yeah. as a patron, I'm on the show live. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's a good it chance. We'll be on their Facebook feed where you can watch it or you can listen to it on podcast. Exactly. But definitely make sure to check that out as uh, he's crossing over. Hey, hot mafia, baby. Ow. Ow. Boom, 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 boom. You stay scary, my friends. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you for listening to another episode of Haunters Podcast. Don't forget to tell a friend and you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and other streaming services just by searching Haunters Podcast. You can tweet us at Haunters POD or you can find us on Facebook by searching Haunters Podcast. Until next time, don't open that door or check under your bed. Make sure your doors are locked and the lights are on. You never know when the next scare will come for you. <laughs>